The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Director Tony Jordan joins us now. Good morning, Tony. Your calculations then, headline news across most newspapers here and TV bulletins, of course. Where does the calculation come from? How did you come to this number? Good morning. Um, So the calculations that we use are based on the off-gen models that are released by them periodically. Um, Recently, they've changed from a seasonal or six-monthly cap into a quarterly cap. Um, um, Essentially, the bulk of the cap itself is made up of wholesale costs, which in recent months have just been increasing quite rapidly. So that's what's driving Uh, the numbers to go as high as they are at the moment. Does that mean then that the price cap needs to be rethought in a bigger way? We know that Ofgem is changing from from two changes a year to four, uh, which will see prices fluctuate, the hope is, downwards when prices do start to come down. But do you think the cap needs needs to change too? I think if we look back at what the cap was designed to 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 purpose itself for in the beginning, it was to it was to stop um, a very small minority of people um, effectively being ripped off by energy companies. It was there to protect a very small number of people. It was never designed to be you know, the floor price, if you like, of the majority of people in the UK. So is it fit for purpose, I think, is a, is a question that's that's coming up. And if we think back to a year ago, how many people had heard of the price cap? Uh, whereas today, everybody knows what it is. Everybody's watching it very closely, and rightly so. Um, so I think the design of the price cap itself is coming under question. Um, it, it's difficult to know what to do next because the design is the design that we have to live with today. There's not a lot that the government, Ofgem, or indeed energy companies can actually do to change uh, where, you know, where we're going to see the Tony, next couple of caps. Tony, we could, we, the government could subsidise. I mean, we pay far more per kilowatt hour than the Europeans do. And that's because European governments are subsidising uh, at a heftier pace. We, the British government could do more. What would it cost? Uh, probably vast sums of money. So the price cap at the moment is so the one that's in place today uh, that came in in April. About 54% of it is made up of the wholesale cost, with the other 46% being other costs, so the networks, the operating costs, the VAT, etc. That's going to move to around 70% of wholesale costs in the upcoming cap, so 30% of the other items. In January, we forecast that as high as 90% wholesale costs. Um, so there's there's less movement around the, the tangible things that they can move. So there's talks around removing or reducing green levies and VAT. The reality is those items in isolation will only take out a small percentage of the cap. Um, if you try and hold 
a potential cap going to somewhere around you know three and a half four thousand pounds in the coming months to the level that it's at today around two thousand pounds with 20 million households it's going to be tens of billions uh, that, that we need to fund uh, that kind of subsidy when we look at the the those sort of structural changes to the energy market though is is it something that's worthwhile in the in the short term to look at taking more drastic action to try and combat because five thousand pounds for the median income in the uk is absolutely huge it is indeed i think i think there's a lot of questions that have to be asked around what should the structure of our uh, energy markets be particularly in relation to the price cap and what it's designed to do um i think yesterday's meeting with the government and the energy companies as we probably expected, it resulted in no particular outcome simply because I think they don't really know what they can do as as, as energy companies. There's not a lot they can do. Uh, they're following the rules that's been laid out by Ofgem. Um, it really comes down to the government to to put their hands in their pocket and, and subsidise in some way. Uh, but as I say, the, the numbers that we're potentially looking at are vast. So we have to look at how much are we going to borrow um, in order to um, you know, to put that in place. Uh, Antonio, you, you, you're a former energy trader. To kind of take us into the thinking of, of energy traders at this point and, and whether or not there is a significant deal of, of speculation going on and whether regulators might be, might be looking at that as well in terms of one way to, to alleviate some of these higher prices. We've got to remember that the energy prices for the UK are directly linked and influenced by the European energy markets. Um, and in turn, also influenced by the wider markets that are in Asia and the US. So they're globally linked. And so no one can really control the market as such. Um, speculation, I think, is is not really happening. I think what the market's looking at the moment is you know, we, we've got a very low volume of gas coming from Russia, which we've been um, reliant on for, for many years in Europe. That's now down to its lowest level that we've we've seen probably ever. Um, Europe's keen to you know, wean itself off of that completely in the near term. Uh, we're then looking at alternative plans for that. You know, what, what do we replace it with? The initial plan was to have LNG come from uh, America, but then in June we saw uh, the Freeport LNG terminal have an explosion. So that's hampered that plan. Uh, we're now looking to extend the life of nuclear and coal plants. Uh, but again, we're being hampered by low water levels that can cool um, the nuclear reactors. So every plan that we turn to is looking like it has its own issues to come good. Um, and that obviously reflects in the market prices that we see. They they only have fear in the market because we're seeing fear being played out in the um, potential plans. Tony, you advise companies on how to minimise their energy bills. What advice are you giving them right now? It's really difficult. Um, we're, we're seeing, you know, lots of companies that are in a very difficult position, particularly if they're coming off long-term fixed prices or they haven't been, um, you know, purchasing with with the future in mind, um, and they will get budget shots. Um, this this goes right across every industry, um, and obviously it's contributing towards the uh, inflation numbers that we're seeing, which are extremely high at the moment. Um, the reality is there's there's very little that some companies can do apart from just face into the um, extreme prices that we have at the moment. Um, but I think this is a lesson learned that really energy isn't about sitting back and, and just letting things happen. You always have to have a plan in place. 
preferably a long-term one, um, so that events like this, which are unprecedented, we've never seen an event like we have at the moment. Last winter was bad. This winter looks like it's going to be worse. Um, we hope these events don't appear very often, but companies, end users really need to think about long-term planning. We've seen a number, Tony, as you well know, of, of companies here in the UK going bust uh, at the early start of this as the year as a result of these high prices not being able to hedge or at least not making the decision to hedge. As you say, that kind of ties into your point about needing to plan around energy, uh, um, being proactive rather than reactive. Do you expect to see um, further closures uh, and further bankruptcies across the energy space? That's a really difficult one to call. Um, I- I'd say... I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, a small number of failures. Obviously, we saw quite a large number last year as, um, in Q4. Um, there will be some strains. We are seeing at the price levels that we're seeing, everybody's struggling to trade in the wholesale markets due to credit lines being squeezed. You, know, you can't buy the same amount of, of energy with the million pounds that you might have a credit line for uh, this year compared to last year or the year before. It's, it's really shortening the horizon as to how much energy can be purchased in the wholesale markets by particularly the smaller players. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a number of companies struggle. Um, Whether they'll go to the war or not is is yet to be seen, but um, fingers crossed they can um, survive uh, the coming months. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.